104.7 The Cave. KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk. Happy Father's Day to you, Mr. Reynolds. And to you, sir. Yeah, it's a beautiful day. I know, especially for you, you love the heat. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is warm, but it's certainly less warm than it has been. But it is not putting on heavy coats quite yet. <laughs> yes, not not quite yet. Not We're not there yet. So let's, let's get into it. There's so many ways that we could start today's show. So many things to talk about. This is one of the... My favorite times of the year, there's so much going on sports-wise, the mini camps in the uh, NFL, there's the NBA championship that happened, the course baseball to talk about, but let's let's start with golf because I'm kind of interested to get your viewpoint on the U.S. Open and the new tour that's out there. I've heard you and Mike talk about it quite a bit, but... Just break it down for us. Tell us what we need well, to know. Let's talk about the competition first. This is a great U.S. Open. The Country Club, which is the f- official name of the uh, venue in Brookline, Massachusetts, the Country Club, is one of the oldest in the country, and it is one of the toughest. This has been a tremendous challenge for these guys. The leaders today going into the final round, they haven't teed off, leaders haven't teed off yet, are only four under par. And that is pretty doggone good. So you'll have two of the finest golfers, finest young golfers in the world playing in this one today. Matt Fitzpatrick and uh, the Salatoris kid from Wake Forest. These are these are both really great and accomplished young players. This will be a terrific challenge. That's not to say they're going to win because anybody within four strokes, and there is a gaggle of golfers within that margin, can win this thing. Those greens are tremendously lightning fast. And it's, it's a heck of a challenge. I love this competition. This is what it's supposed to be. You don't really want to see somebody running away from it, and they are not. Okay, now you talk about the Live Tour, and there are First some all, golfers. Let me interrupt you right there. What, what's Live mean? I, it's it's a, an acronym for the, the golf portion of the Saudi Arabian financial agreement that they have. Okay. Now, the, the, the Saudi Arabians have this huge... And, of course, everything over there is its magnificently wealthy because of the oil. But over and above that, they have a fund that they've established because they want to be a part of the American sports scene. Over and above that, they want to increase their political viewpoint in the world. And they have chosen sports as the manner for doing this. So how are they doing it? Well, they're doing it by throwing just... Oh, gosh, Fort Knoxworth's of money at some of these players, hoping to bring them over. And they have. They've succeeded with Dustin Johnson and Louis Eusazen and Kevin Na and people like this. They will get more. They'll, they'll get some more because that's the, the mindset of a lot of people. Hey, we're in this for the money. I, I love Charles Barkley's statement the other day. Hey, if somebody offered me $200 million, I'd do in one of my relatives for that. <laughs> he's, he's being facetious, of course, but hey, the money no. the money talks. Is this live tour going to be a challenge to the PGA? It will be if the PGA does not mount some kind of a counteroffensive against this. Now, I don't know what that would be. I'm not into their particular level of thinking. But they can't sit back and say, hey, we've got the oldest pro tour in the world. Uh, we're going to be successful in all this because there's always somebody, I don't care what the circumstance is, nipping at your heels. And this time it's that live tour. John Oliver joins us for the first time in, let's see, this is uh, 2022. Is I this think the- so. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what year it is. Uh, what, you, now, 
You you follow the sports scene quite a bit. What Absolutely. what do you think? I have to say I'm kind of impressed with the new tour just in the way they've done things. I think, you know, getting Jack Nicholas as kind of the head of that or not Jack Nicholas, I'm sorry, Greg Norman. Greg Norman. Let me yeah. correct that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a big coup cuz golf respects Greg Norman. He's, you know, an icon in the sport. And then it never fails, you know, someone who enjoys golf, be it someone, a foreign entity or someone here, it's happened in other sports, decides to make a startup league. The difference with this one is they have the money to back it, and there are a lot of pros in the PGA that are not happy with the way things are going. So I think you are going to continue to see people defect, if you want to use that term. In reference to what you said, as far as if this is a threat to the PGA, not an immediate threat. However, it does create an option. And as you mentioned, they've got to do something to stem this. The key to this, in, in my opinion, is the fact, and this, it, this is not hyperbole. These mm-hmm. are all exhibition matches. These guys are not playing for world points. Mm-hmm. And it's the same golfers in every one. And mm-hmm. they're all winning money. Well, where is the decisive point for the audience? Where do you draw favorites and so forth and so on? And what kind of identification do you have? And in all honesty, that's one of my problems with individual sports. Yeah, you can pick out your favorite. I like Roger Federer and all that. But the real key to a sports fan is teams. Yes. Because that presents an association with your community, your lifestyle, and how you exist on this earth if you're into sports and you follow a team. Well, there is no team here. I know that's how they've made these guys. You know, you have team, you know, maybe team Oosthuizen against whatever. That, that's that's not going to get it. Mm-hmm. So somewhere along the line, the Live Tour will be doing some kind of morphing. But the PGA is the one that really has to change. And you hit it right on the button. While they have a few defectees now... Uh, there could be more because this is they they being the PGA has done a lot of unpopular things with their players. Let me say this too: when I mm-hmm. I was we talked about the U.S. Open and and you know it's one of the great events of the year as far as golfing goes. It's my favorite of all the golf of the major tournaments because it's held at a public course and it's it's beautiful and mm-hmm. and and you get the rich history of the area and it's not at Augusta every year like the Masters is. You just get to hear so many great things about it and all these other players are able to get into the tournament that normally don't make it mm-hmm. because they're not PGA members or they're not, you know, the upper echelon members of the PGA. But when you look at the the leaderboard for the U.S. Open today, mm-hmm. Rory McIlroy is the only name that I recognize mm-hmm. on that list. Zalatoris well, and, Z- is a big Zalatoris is there too. Mm-hmm. But when you look at that list and you have the casual golf fan, mm-hmm. are they going to want to watch great young golfers play or are they going to want to tune in and watch Dustin Johnson and and Phil Mickelson, mm-hmm. Mickelson go head-to-head on the final day of something. I think you make a very cogent point there as well. Are you seeing the up-and-comers who will be on the live tour? No, you will not. You will see tried and proven veterans because, after all, they're going for an audience. And and what the point that you just made there, uh, Zalatoris is a great young golfer. Mm-hmm. And I said this in our opening statement about the leader, Matt Fitzpatrick. Well, he is not a well-known individual. He's, he's British number one although he is obviously of Irish derivation with the name <laughs> Fitzpatrick. But he's a Brit who played here, played a little bit at Northwestern before he left mm-hmm. school, and 
He is a 20, I, oh gosh, 2013 or 2014. One of those two years, he's a United States amateur champion. Uh -huh. And those guys are good. And they usually, if they turn pro, which Fitzpatrick has, they take time to mature on that uh -huh. course. But look at him now. And a tie for the lead at the U.S. Open. It is a tournament for everybody. You mm -hmm. have to qualify, yeah. mm -hmm. but everybody, Mr. Mister, Everybody can play in the thing if you get lucky, yes. and there are some who do. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. It's our local live sports program. I'm Joe Weston, Ned Reynolds, John Oliver. We're mm -hmm. talking Live Tour, PGA. Interesting, you know, one of the things that hurts most of these leagues, and Ned, you pointed this out earlier, there's money behind Live Tour. What's mm -hmm. their TV situation? Streaming. Really? Yep. However, and John may agree or disagree with me, and somewhere along the line, if this is perceived by the TV mm -hmm. networks as being a big-time operation, they will get they will get a, I won't say major, but they'll get a TV outlet. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. And here's something I want to get out there just in case, because sometimes I say things, and some, I'm not Nostradamus by any means, but <laughs> I, I've got a little hint of something I've been thinking about the last couple of weeks. So right now the Live Tour is in the news. You know, they've secured Mickelson. I think DeChambeau is going to play there as yes. well. You know, some big, big names. Let's just say for the sake of argument, maybe there is a super popular golfer out there that's kind of fading out of his prime. That would be a big draw that might be interested in a few million dollars a shot to play in a tournament. It's pretty obvious who you're making reference to. And uh, indeed, he was approached by the Live Tour, mm -hmm. and he initially turned it down, and they offered him mm -hmm. the most of anybody. Now, let's see. What, six, seven, is seven figures or eight figure, whatever it was. <laughs> it was an incredible amount of money, and yes. he said, no, I'm, uh, no. However, that can change. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I think I wouldn't rule that out, and I if would, that happens. I wouldn't rule that out either, but, I, you know, that doesn't seem to be his motivating factor, and I, I would mm -hmm. think that money would not be something that would, hopefully not on Tiger Woods' mind with all the cash that he should have put away over the last few years. I mean, and I think, but I think anybody would tell you that, uh, you know, that's got money, that mm -hmm. it's never enough to right. have whatever, but... I, I just don't see that as motivating him because I don't think he wants to be shut out of playing in the in the Masters. I, th I think that he's a guy, even though he's his skills are fading with mm -hmm. age and with the injuries that he's had. I think if you hung around with Tiger Woods, he'd probably tell you, I think still win a major. Oh, yeah. And that's part of my motivation in saying that, too, because we're talking about ego, which is something yeah. most, athlete, most athletes have. Well, especially in golf, yeah. because it's they're, they're it. So aside from money, if he looks over and says, you know, I think I could probably win some of this. Maybe this is the way I go out is dominating this tour for my swan song. Just, I really just do not think that's going to happen. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you why I don't think it will. Tiger Woods is one of these individuals. He's very, very bright guy. Oh, yes. Stanford University. Come on. Not just everybody. I don't yeah. care who you are. Not just everybody goes there. He is... He's very introspective in what he does. Mm -hmm. You'll notice he doesn't take any political stand. Not at all. Kind of like, uh, oh gosh, who Willie Mays or Jackie Robinson mm -hmm. used to, but Willie yes. Mays and mm -hmm. and Ernie Banks and guys mm -hmm. like that, they, they kind of shied away from the political <laughs> stand. Well, Tiger Woods does the same thing. He has made it no no secret that he's friends with Donald Trump because mm -hmm. he what, had the Presidential Medal of Freedom presented 
Mm-hmm. Uh, to him because of that. So, but over and above all that, he, he just shies away from that. That's why I don't think he'll go on the Live Tour. He wants to maintain his status as one of the icons of the game, and that might be compromised if mm-hmm. he were to join this one, especially with the Saudi Arabian uh, backing. Right. That, that's, that's the key right there. Well, let me ask you guys this. Is this just not a rehash of the senior golf tour that we had a few years ago? That I mean, it was popular when it was rolling on except, at full speed. Except that that was PGA sponsored. Yes. And, and governed by the United mm-hmm. States Golf Association, and this one is not. That was interesting. I, I always thought that to see the guys that would make the transition from you know, Tom Watson dominated mm-hmm. the PGA, and then he switched over to the senior tour, and he dominated that tour tour <laughs> for several years. Yeah. So, I mean, are we just seeing this again, but with money and exhibition? Very likely. I mean, yeah. I mean, look at some of the guys who made headlines in that senior tour. Lee Trevino had a second life in the senior tour. So, yeah, here's the interesting factor. that, And it, was it last year or two years ago? I, no, it would have been... Two years ago, I guess it was. Mickelson is trying to qualify for something in Massachusetts in September. Maybe it was one of those uh, postseason events that they had. Uh-huh. Well, he didn't make the qualifying. He failed on Friday. Looked around the country to see if there... Uh, wh- wh- what's this? Branson? Where is this Branson? It's in Branson, <laughs> Missouri, and it's it's a, a senior event. It's uh-huh. a champion's tour. Well, he's on the champion's tour. Uh-huh. Hey, Fly down there. We'll qualify for this. Hell, he won the damn thing. Yep. Good exactly. gracious, what is this? <laughs> so, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the, the fact of the matter is that you can do that. And uh, in a sense, Joe, that's what this is. Kind of a, in a sense, it's a rehashing. But one of the differences, you have a Bryson DeChambeau and a mm-hmm. Kevin Na and people like that on this tour. They are not old-timers by any stretch of the imagination. So uh, I think the Saudi Arabians are hoping that this thing catches on. They can maybe polish their image in the world, which isn't very good, in all honesty. But they do have the money, and money speaks. It does. See what happens. There's a lot of players from foreign countries on here. The list I'm looking over right now of players. and, and But again, golf has a problem, period, because mm-hmm. there's about... And for the average golf fan, there's probably five players. For the if you walk down the street, you'll be lucky to find somebody. You go name five golfers, mm-hmm. and the Tiger Woods is going to be the first person out of their mouth. Probably going to say Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson, if I can say that. <laughs> Bubba Watson, just because his name's Bubba. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then uh, you know, it's they've got the same problem. There's a lot of foreign players on this tour, and there's not a lot of well-known players oh, no. mm-hmm. on this tour either. Um, the only names that I really recognize are DeChambeau, mm-hmm. Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia's playing on the mm-hmm. tour, and, of course, Phil Mickelson, and that we, Lee Westwood's playing, too. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you know, it's the same problem with golf as a whole. And other than Dustin Johnson, those other three who you mentioned are on the way down. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of interesting what you, I mean, what's your take? Hold out your crystal ball, both of you, and tell me what you see. In what my see. opinion, well, for one thing, the Live Tour will be around for at least a decade mm-hmm. because they're financed to do it that way. So I, I look for them to be a challenge, but like mm-hmm. I said earlier, I think if the PGA 
that the PGA should sit back and go into some dark secret room somewhere and say, hey, guys, this is going to be a threat after a while. We better do something about it and then come up with a formula. Again, I don't have any idea what it would be, but mm-hmm. some manner in which to keep their stock of golfers, which is the best in the world, mm-hmm. keep them happy, keep them satisfied and say, hey, look, guys, we... We, we caution you about going over to this tour for many reasons, mm-hmm. but here's what we're going to do to try to help you guys out. Mm-hmm. Do you agree, John? I would. Uh, like you said, it's got the money to be around for a while. It's not going to be a flash in the pan. That's what people need to realize. This isn't the USFL. This isn't XFL. This oh, is stop it. Just stop it right now. Right. <laughs> so they, uh, you know, they'll be around, and I'm just interested to see how it plays out because there is that mindset the grass is sometimes greener. and Not in Saudi Arabia. Well, <laughs> you know what this is? The money's this, greener. The live, live tour <laughs> is the nil of the PGA. There you go. Yes, <laughs> the nil. Be- they've got beautiful sand traps over there, by the way. <laughs> I thought I'd mention that. Come back, we'll talk about the NBA championship, and uh, we'll debate a little bit about somebody's career right here on 104.7 The Cave. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. It's time for our obligatory, 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 (laughs) obligatory push for our Chiefs Happy Hour, which is coming up July 14th at the Blue Room Comedy Club. Ned Reynolds will be there. Mm-hmm. Art Haynes will be I, there. I'll, I'll be the comic relief. <laughs> <laughs> you're the you're the, the king in his court. You'll be throwing softballs I'm, to... I'm uh, the Yeti Fainter. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, to Dana Hughes and Mitch Holtis as they will be in for our Chiefs Happy Hour. It's double size this year. Mm-hmm. Dana will be here. I know you talk to Dana frequently and... Um, pretty excited for him to be absolutely a great addition not that mitch my gosh mitch is mitch is the chiefs he can carry a show (laughs) and and does he is so well versed in everything they've done all the moves they've made all Mm -hmm. the expenditures that the team has but i'll tell you Damon hughes is one sharp individual this will be a very good combo and the audience is there have you been to any of these john Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. You. Everybody gets a chance to ask questions if they want to. Oh, and some of the questions are pretty doggone pointed. I, I love are. them. And it doesn't phase Mitch at all. That's what I really respect about him. He never loses his cool. He always has an answer. He's. It's like watching someone who studied philosophy. Mm. Let me tell you. Except his philosophy is the chief. Let me give you one name. Here's a name. Here's a name that you need to watch. Remember, this is when it gets. My favorite part of it. <laughs> sitting there this last year and maybe two years before that and seeing these guys in the back who are these people you know kind of standing there uh, nonchalantly looking around hey why don't they take more you know who it was it was the governor's oh. uh, um, security crew yeah. and I, I was there when governor Parsons <laughs> was there yes <laughs> That's why they're not taking part in this. Yep. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if, if he'll be there this year. He's big. Governor Parson is a uh-huh. very big Chiefs fan and does enjoy very much. Uh, Mitch really picked on him last year. Oh, he did. It was quite cool. <laughs> what, what's the... Uh, is Wheatland, is that where he's... 
I think that's where Wheatland, he Missouri, I believe, yeah. Here is Mike Parson, the great quarterback for the Wheatland. Reynolds, what's the Wheatland team's name? I think the Mules or something. I said, but, but Mitch, they don't have football. That's why he was the great quarterback. <laughs> so, again, that's coming up on July 14th at the Blue Room Company Club. You can buy your tickets online through our website at 1047thecave.com. They do... Sell out. So you want mm-hmm. to get your tickets because you don't want to miss it. Dan and Hughes, Mitch Holtis, Chiefs Happy Hour, Ned Reynolds, Art Haynes, Need I Say More. We'll right. have fun. It's always yeah, a lot of fun. It'll be a lot of fun. Always fun. So let's talk about the NBA championship, which uh, wrapped up this week. Mm-hmm. Looked like it was going to be a tight one. John's our basketball expert. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll get his views first. Looked like it was going to be a tight one, John, with the Celtics taking game one and then taking game three. But... Golden State just pulled away in that one. What you saw is the tried and true thing that happens most of the time in pro sports. Experience, one out. Now, that is to take nothing away from the Celtics. Jalen Green and Jalen Brown are going to be around for a long time doing this. The Celtics are loaded for the next decade. They are going to be a very good basketball team. They're going to perennially, perennially, none of us can speak, (laughs) be in the championship and the semifinals. What Golden State was, they got hit in the lip, if you will, rallied back and did what they know they could do. Draymond Green, say what you will about him. He's a role player. He beat up the Celtics. He intimidated them. The big three, Thompson, he, and Curry, they just dismantled them in the last few games. It was a clinic. You know, they absolutely deserve to win that series. Some of the younger guys like Wiggins and, you know, it's just, it's kind of like when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. All of the players have already said, we all want to come back next year. You know, it's, they're not going to have any problem retaining anybody they want to retain from that team. And it's a nice story. Steph Curry is it's, I hate to call him underrated, but he almost is overlooked for what he's been able to do in his career thus far. I mean, you're talking about a guy out of Davidson that wasn't a lottery pick. And he's really, in my opinion, now inched his way probably into the top 10 players of all time at this stage. Let's talk about that for just a minute, because that's the debate that I wanted to have with both of you. Mm-hmm. And that is, at this point, better career, LeBron James or Steph Curry? Well, they're different players. They are, they, yeah. They're, they're but different style let's players. let's just you know mm-hmm. this is that's part of the beauty of sports is that you can sit here and debate, uh, you know, Mike Trout or Babe Ruth. They're different players in different eras. Let's open it up and talk about. Well, it. From, from, I've said this many times. There is no such thing as the greatest of all time. It's the greatest mm-hmm. of a generation, perhaps, yeah, right. or a decade, or whatever. But no mm-hmm. greatest of all time. In the case of LeBron James, you have to take a look at the impact that individuals mm-hmm. have had in their time in career. Right now, LeBron James has the greater impact. True. But Stephen Curry is a really uh, the consummate ball player. Mm-hmm. I said this at the start of that series, not that I'm any great predictor of anything, but I said I think Golden State wins this thing because they're a, per- a better perimeter shooting team. Boston mm-hmm. is a more physical team. Mm-hmm. The better perimeter shooting team led by Curry, the MVP, gets the win. Yes. Had 34 points in the championship game. He had 43 in the game before that to make sure they were going to get a win and, and to solidify their, their chances. He is a key leader. Well, I was disappointed to see that his old college coach has hung it up for the... Me too. You know, that, that's Bob McKillop at, uh, at Davidson, yep. who recruits 
exactly that kind of athlete. Uh-huh. He he wants the good shooters. Hey, physical game, yeah, fine. They're going to miss some shots. Let the uh-huh. other team get the rebounds. We're going to outshoot them. And uh-huh. Davidson does. They were in the NCAA tournament this year. Forget who they played in their opener, but they gave some big-timer fits. A real, real problem. Mm-hmm. I remember they came up here for an NIT game about oh, maybe 14, 15 years ago. Barry Hinson was the coach. Mm-hmm. They shot the Bears right out of the arena. <laughs> they're, they're, it's a great program that they have at Davidson, and a traditional one. Mm-hmm. But again, Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, the, these are these are solid ball players. but you're absolutely, I couldn't, couldn't agree anymore. The Boston Celtics are going to be there yes. for a long time. Jason Tatum, my oh, goodness, my here's a leader on the team right there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you should be a politician. You just didn't answer the question at all. So, John, I, forgot I, what I it throw was. it to you. Who's had a better career? Honestly, I and I know this isn't the popular opinion, LeBron James is a once-in-a-lifetime talent. And say what you will about him outside and off the court, he has dominated. It's a different game now, and they are different players. Now, that is not to take anything away from Steph Curry. I can remember back, I was in Indianapolis on business and one of my friends in Indianapolis had tickets to the Pacers and it was during Curry's rookie season. It was about probably 20 games in and we went to see them and I said, hey, this kid's averaging like 14 points a game. That's interesting. So I went and saw the game. The Warriors won. However, watching Curry move and some of the shots he was hitting were absolutely jaw-dropping. And I said, wow, if this kid can get open like this, he's going to be dangerous. And that's what he's continued to do. You look at somebody, I mean, I always think of Ray Allen when I think of Mm -hmm. Steph Curry. And Ray Allen didn't do the sharpshooter thing his whole career. He figured out the way I'm going to stay in this league and the way I'm going to win championships like he did with the Celtics with Garnett and Paul Pierce is I'm going to be this perimeter shooter that just absolutely kills you. That's what Curry has thrived on. He's broken Allen's records. He is unstoppable because you can't defend the perimeter all the time or you're going to get beat up in the middle. And you have a coach who backs that philosophy, who has his team, his whole their whole offense mm-hmm. is engineered around the perimeter shooting, yes. starting with Curry. They set the screens for him. Not mm-hmm. All teams will do that. They set the screens for him. He's right there. He only needs a fraction. Just a, a, a minuscule mm-hmm. amount of freedom to get that shot off. And you see it many times. He'll shoot it and turn around. He won't even watch the ball oh, no. go in. He knows when they're going in. And let's recognize Steve Kerr because yeah. that guy is one hell of a coach. He is. Great coach. I mean, he was a tough, tough player, a great NBA player. Not a, not a Hall of Famer, obviously. But he is a Hall of Fame coach. He has done everything right with that team, in my opinion. I'll say this because LeBron James, to me, and, and he is a really interesting, probably the most interesting sports figure to me because oh, yeah. I float back and forth in LeBron James more than I do anybody else. Mm-hmm. There are times that I root for him. There's times I root against him. He is, to me, playing basketball, the bully in the schoolyard because he just <laughs> runs down the middle. And, and I'm not I'm not taking anything away from him. He's a terrific passer. He's a terrific defender. He's a terrific basketball player. If you, and I think, John, you brought this up. If you watch Steph Curry, mm-hmm. how much he has to work to get oh that split second that he's got an open shot. Absolutely. The constant running. He, mm-hmm. I, I grew up at Ford. 
Uh, Dale Ford, I think was his name, that played for the Celtics. No Villanova guy? Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He just stood out in three-point land, and he would wait for <laughs> Havlicek or Dave Cowens to kind of run in there and then mm-hmm. kick it back out to him. Steph Curry doesn't do that. No. He runs all over the court to get that shot and mm-hmm. works as hard as anybody mm-hmm. to get his shot and do what he can do. And then sometimes he'll just, you know, go right down the middle mm-hmm. and roll one off his fingers and... He's an amazing athlete, and I would say just from the, you know, we always kind of look at this. It's it's funny how we look at things differently sports-wise. When you look at the NFL, you know, everybody's going to say at the end of the day, probably Tom Brady, greatest quarterback all time because he's got the wins. Mm -hmm. He's got the wins. Doesn't matter about the passing yards. Doesn't matter about anything else. Mm -hmm. Steph Curry's got the championships. He does. He's got more championships than LeBron James Mm -hmm. and in a shorter span of time. Better Mm -hmm. teams. Better Mm -hmm. teams. Better teams. And I would say even better coaches, Mm -hmm. even though, you know, he's played for some really good coaches. Mm -hmm. I would say better coaches. So just, you know, it's just one of those bar room, interesting conversations to have. Doesn't mean anything. Are we in the bar room right now? Right. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Just interesting to have a sports conversation like that. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about, I don't know, baseball. How about that? It's Ned talking water 4.7 The Cave. You're listening to Ned Talk. On 104.7, The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7, The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Happy Father's Day to everybody out there. Hope you're enjoying it, spending time with your dad, or just spending time relaxing. I'm Joe Weston, joined by Ned Brennels and John Oliver. I'm the least important guy here other than I run the microphones because I <laughs> That's say, not true. I say, let's talk about something. And then uh, you guys in the break go, no, let's talk about this. So we're going to talk about the Chiefs. We were going to talk about baseball, but we're not going to do it now. We're going to talk about the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And uh, they made a big sign this week. They did. They did indeed. And I think it's a very important one as well. Mm-hmm. I think the Chiefs, without saying so to the media, and you're not going to say anything to the media, I think they have some real questions about Clyde Edwards-Alaire and how much of an impact he's going to have over the course of the season. So as a result, they got Jarek McKinnon back, and while he is 30 years old, he doesn't have a tremendous amount of wear and tear on Mm -hmm. his body. Was four years with the Vikings and three with the 49ers, I believe it was. He's been around. Yeah. We showed, or we saw, I should say, what he can do. And we did that last year with his in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And toward the end of the season, he got some time in there and was a, a tough running back. Not a big guy. But bottom line is this. Why did they sign him? That gives them six running backs now, two are rookies, you can't mm-hmm. count on them. Third, Ronald Jones, mm-hmm. you can't really count on him. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I think they have. I, bottom line is this it's depth that they signed him, and I think if he is able to do some things, he makes the team and makes them a lot better. Absolutely. And I think what is underlying here that sometimes fans don't quite understand fully there's motivation here, and it's a smart move. It's a smart move because so far, Hilaire in three seasons, you haven't gotten a healthy season out of him mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. That's a red flag. Hilaire's talented. I'm not going to write him off, and the Chiefs aren't going to write him off yet, obviously. So you bring in Jones, a guy that 
has talent but just hasn't really shown it. And now you bring in McKinnon to push. So Hilaire will react one of two ways. This is the oldest story in sports. Either he will say, you know what, I need to really step it up to keep my job. Or it's not going to work out. He gets hurt again, et cetera, and he fades. You see it time and time again in every sport, and it's what needs to happen. It is put-up-or-shut-up time for Hilaire. I love the kid. Don't get me wrong. I think he's great. However, with where he was drafted and the hype coming in, he's got to show his ability to be a pass catcher and an effective runner. Fully agreed. Ned mentioned this last week when it was just the two of us, and I just want to get the your reaction to this. As mm-hmm. one precaust, I can't talk. One <laughs> talking head said that the Chiefs' receiving core was thirtieth <laughs> out of all the NFL teams. That's absolutely ludicrous. That person should have their credentials revoked. Who was it? You don't know who said that? It was somebody from the NFL Network who was doing an assessment of all the teams, and it may have been the same person. I'm not sure of this, but uh, earlier this week, another one of their reporters, if it wasn't this guy, put the Chiefs in last place in the AFC Western Division. Gave them a winning record, 10-7, and but said they'll finish last behind those other three. That's total nonsense. That's not going to happen. So here's what really ticks me off about that comment. And I'm not being a homer because I'm not, you know, I love the Chiefs, but I'm not as big a Chiefs fan as Mike or even you, Joe, or, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an interested fan. Let's put it that way. When you look at what they lost, yes, they lost Tyreek Hill. I completely understand that. They lost. They also lost <laughs> Byron Pringle. Zookeeper Fred fed Nettie's crackers <laughs> here right. a second ago. Listen, just this talk, is what I... Hey, just just tossed him in the cage. Yeah. Corbin knows that I thrive on these things. That's right. <laughs> Here's what they still have. They still have the best tight end in football. Yeah. There's not a debate there. Try as you may. There's no debate at this time on that. They have a very, very fast... McCole Hardiman, who could still break out. They drafted a Sky Moore, who has potential to be one of those late-round surprises that starts off on special teams and works his way in. They have Juju Smith-Schuster, which I'll guarantee if you go back into said sports writer's history, he was probably lauding Smith-Schuster as the future while he was at Pittsburgh. And then you add Marcus Valdez-Scantling, who to me is one of the most underrated receivers in the league because he's been overshadowed by Devontae Adams for years. This To call that the 30th best receiving core, revoke their, their credentials. <laughs> At a certain point, you're just saying things to be controversial. That, that makes no sense. Well, the size, that, I mean, they don't have the speed that they have, obviously, no, but, because yeah. nobody nobody's the same speed as Tyreek Hill, but... You know, we, we've talked about this often. The size to be able to throw up a ball and have the receiver just go up over the over the cornerback and take the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's there's a lot to be said for that. He's a once-in-a-generation player who yeah. you, you mm. just don't have. The Tyreek Hills just don't, do not come exactly. along. All right. My only argument, and it's not an argument, <clears throat> it's a, a voice of questioning on my part that I'm going to throw to Dana Hughes and and uh, Mitch when they're down here. Mm-hmm. Valdez Scantling, mm-hmm. Scantling, outstanding receiver at Green Bay. 
he is made a free agent or allowed to move as a free agent after the trade for Devontae Adams. Well, hell, if he was that good, why didn't they make effort to keep him? <laughs> right. it, it, that's a red flag for me as to mm -hmm. why that happened. Now, he's got talent. He certainly showed that in the camps that they had there. He's got a lot of speed, but I, ha I just get this gnawing feeling. There's a reason why they let him go. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll see if there is or not. Mm -hmm. Well, it could be the same reason Tyreek Hill got let go right. for a couple of these guys, like Ronald Jones and for him and Juju Schuster-Smith and Smith-Schuster, whatever it is. <laughs> They've got more hyphenated receivers than any other team in the NFL. <laughs> they should be at least 25th for that. Yeah. But is the, you, you just don't know about salary cap, whether those players fit into what the right. team was looking to do as they headed down the road. I mean, mm -hmm. we follow the Chiefs really closely. We're not in the Tampa Bay locker room. We're not in the, you know, we're not the Tampa Bay Bucks talk or whatever they're doing. We're not the Packers talk or anything mm -hmm. like that. We're Ned talk. So we're talking about the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. So we don't know. I mean, there's could be numerous reasons. Maybe they're seeing something we don't see. Maybe well, Joe, it's a money issue. That's why I brought it up. I, I doubt that yeah. it's a money issue. And that's because Devontae Adams is a big time and highly paid receiver. Well, if he's gone, that takes that all off your salary cap, and you can afford to keep a guy like uh, Valdez Scantling. But they didn't. They chose not to. They mm -hmm. chose to let him go as a free agent. And uh, when you do that, your remuneration for that is very limited at the exactly. best. So it, it almost looked like, hey, farewell, buddy. We're glad to see you go. That is a perception. I mm -hmm. don't know that. And sometimes okay. guys just don't fit in well with organizations. Exactly. I mean, you never know what happens. There's so many reasons why things happen. So mm -hmm. I know you like to look at that. You're always point out to me when we're talking about these things, why did they let him go? <laughs> what is the reason behind that? There's something. And, you know, a lot of times it is nefarious. I'm going to show you another one, too. It's not. This is not football. This is mm -hmm. moving on to baseball, which I we still hope will be. We haven't finished talking about football yet. Nah, we're going to throw this one in. It puts a similar, <laughs> a similar circumstance. Why did. You don't even care about me. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Rays, why did they let Matt Libertor go? He was a number one mm -hmm. draft choice. And he was with them for, what, two years? And they said, farewell, we'll make mm -hmm. a trade for you. Again, there's some doubts. Have to be. Yeah. Well, you could flip that around, though, and look at who the Rays got out of that deal, which <laughs> is, is, I still hear, I, I can't think of his name. Randy Rosarena. Randy Rosarena. Mm -hmm. You you have to you have to look at that and go. What do the Cardinals not see? Uh, yeah. Well, I think they did see. They mm -hmm. they they knew the guy was among the fastest individuals in the world, and he could do a lot of things. He didn't hit particularly well down here in Springfield, but then all of a sudden, it's like Moises Gomez mm -hmm. in the Springfield Cardinals, who's hitting. They they never did anything before, but mm -hmm. then all of a sudden he's come on. It's it's one of those. It's a gamble. And remember now, Rosarino was not the key individual in that deal. That was Jose Martinez. Martinez yeah. was the big deal. So let's go back to football if mm -hmm. we can. So and and get John's <laughs> viewpoint and mm -hmm. yours, Ned, about Tyree Kill's comments this week. You know, uh, I read his comments and I read uh, Andy Reid and Mahomes' responses. Tyreek Hill is a showman. He knows it, and he always has been. He has a podcast. People don't listen to a podcast to hear, I respect Pat Mahomes, I respect Andy Reid. They were great. What they tune in for is controversy. 
So you can read between the lines in the comments. Hill is looking for listenership. Yeah. Reed didn't react. He just said, we love Tyreek. We will always love Tyreek. He's a great guy. Mahomes went a little further and said, you know, I'm not sure why he said that. And then came out and said, you know, he does have that podcast now. (laughs) And Mahomes won't say anything bad about them. There is no bad blood. There's no ill will. There are no bridges burned. There will still be a statue that will be built of Tyreek Hill in Kansas City. Mark my words. There is nothing to that story at all. Ned? I agree. It is a non-story. You're not going to find uh, individuals who are involved in circumstances like that burning bridges. You do not do that. And anybody who does has just cast themselves into the sewer of any kind of future that you're going to have. Don't do it. So they're they're not going to. Hill's a a once-in-a-generation player. Mm -hmm. He will help the Miami Dolphins. Whether or not he makes them a contender, this is not a one-man game. It is a team game. I don't know if he has the surrounding parts to do that. They're a pretty good team. But... Over and above that, you do not say anything that is billboard or, in this case, locker room material. Don't do it. It just is not done. And I think uh, Tyreek is smart enough to see that. He is. Interesting. Still interesting to talk about in case anybody missed it. It is. Tyreek Hill claimed that there were other reasons why he left Kansas City. Mm -hmm. And he also claimed, too, that Tua is a more accurate passer. Mm -hmm. But you'll notice the, he didn't say any longer. No, right. gosh, no. I mean, there's no <laughs> well, way. There's no way that that's true. And what are you going to say to ingratiate yourself to two? Are you yeah, going to say exactly. you're no Mahomes? No, you're going to pick out something <laughs> and you're going to laud it from the rooftops. Yes, exactly. <laughs> nice to meet you. You're not Patrick Mahomes, by the way. All right, we come back. We'll wrap up the show. Talk about what we're going to watch this afternoon. Ned Talk. Listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Yes, we are in our sister station, 105.1 The Bull. Mm-hmm. is a proud member of the Cardinals radio network. So if you want to listen to the Cardinals game, you can switch over and listen after we're done. But don't wait. Wait four minutes and 38 seconds before you do that. <laughs> okay, because we're doing our show right now, and we don't want you to go anywhere. We want you to stay right here and listen to the Ned talk. All right. We haven't done this uh, with more than just Ned and I talking about what we're going to watch on TV this afternoon. We've got mm-hmm. the Cardinals game on right now as they play the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Fun to see the Cardinals and Albert Pujols in Beantown. Be nice Ooh. to see him hit a dinger. Boy, that batting average is 208. Yeah. Yeah, you, you can carry that, though. We'll carry that. We'll take that. No, so, he'll be there for the year. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. so what are you going to watch? Uh, well, it won't be the Cardinals because I don't have them on my system. I've got chores to do around the house. Mm-hmm. And it isn't quite as hot as it was yesterday, so we'll get them done. What sort of chores? I'm curious what uh, Ned Reynolds <laughs> doing his off hours. Mowing and trimming and all that sort of thing. Do you there start your underwear? 
You're assuming I wear underwear. Oh, you go. Oh, you go commando most of the time. Okay, just that's the headline just, tomorrow. Ned the headline, Reynolds goes commando. I know, that'll be that'll be on the. It won't be the headline tomorrow because the newsletter won't be able to print it tomorrow. <laughs> It'll be, It'll be Tuesday. It'll be Tuesday's headline then, before they're actually. will be. <laughs> they're actually that they're actually able to get to, but it, it, it will be there. It'll be the headline. Oh man, that's great. Oh, that's so great that we is can this criticize. A, is this on a podcast? Yes, it Erase is on, that part. Right. It's on the podcast. Heavy editing. So <laughs> what, what are you going to watch, John? I'm going to watch some baseball, the Cardinals game. I'm, you know, I have the MLB network, so I'll watch some other games because I love the game of baseball. It, yeah. it loves me back right now, so I'm happy oh. about it. We're going to spend time with, you know, Kara, Marshall, Kendall, and Holden and have a good Father's Day and... You know, just it's it's a glorious day outside. It's not overly hot. It's sunny. I don't know. I think I'm gonna go home and watch Star Trek, the original, the original series. Either I'm just gonna watch in the U.S. Open. God no, probably not today. <laughs> I just don't think I'll have time. Yeah. No, Mm-mm. no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna watch it. Uh, I'll, t- I'll tune in later and see who won. That's all I really need. <laughs> And and tonight tonight a pretty good little baseball game on there that I do mm-hmm. have on my system White Sox and the Houston Astros. Oh, yeah. that'll be that'll yeah. Be. White Sox are coming back. They're playing well. They hadn't uh, played. We talked about them a couple of weeks ago, and they've not played well, yeah. but they're getting back into the swing of things. They are, and it's a good team. <laughs> Tony Larusa is the manager, and I mean, after all, he yeah. does. He's an old pro and knows what to he do. Is. The oddly, the Lynch Larusa signs yeah. have suddenly disappeared now that they're winning again. Is that necessary? Or are we just overwrought with things like that? I just, yeah. you know, I don't. I blame the media. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're making fun of me now. No, but I'm not. I am in there. Was in the media, and yep. you guys, you guys, well, John, a little bit, but no, you're different, a different genre altogether. That's true. So I can make it because it is my profession. That's right. And I'm damning them in a lot of respects. Not all, but in a lot of them I am. And I, I work in the media. I don't disagree with you. I mean, not the news media, but I do work in the no, media. That's the part of it I'm blaming. Yeah. Yep. Bastards. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're done for this Father's Day. You guys have a good one. Thank you, Ned. Always a pleasure, sir. <laughs> Thank you, John. No, no, we, Thank are, you, we, are not on, we are not on We're next week. We're not Sunday. on next week. We'll be back in two weeks. Okay. I might not be because of that, but uh, we <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. All right. Thanks to Corbin Campbell, Mike the Intern, Brian Tyndall, and Nick Fury. Listen to us as a podcast. Yeah.